we've all um, heard the question over the years, can God create a mountain or a rock so big that he can't move it? Yes. Can he? Some say no, some say yes. That's right. Actually, I, th I think it was Matt Para this spring um, brought that question to us. And for the first time, I understood he can create a mountain so big he can't move it. And that's actually our hearts because he's given us the power of free choice. And um, he doesn't force us to do anything. You know, this morning in Sabbath school, um, when I was just making the announcements, I talked about the earthquake that we had last night when we were praying and how my sister had texted me and said, well, you know, God moves mountains when we pray. <laughs> and then I was thinking about that um, this afternoon as I'm preparing and thinking about my topic. What is that biggest mountain that we need to pray that he'll move? It's our heart. Yeah, that is the biggest mountain. So um, that was a new inspiration for me. Um, what I'm going to be talking about this afternoon is the prayer of surrender and the exciting challenge of becoming a living sacrifice. Now, as I was um, growing up and through the years, I, I, I used to think of the living sacrifice, and I'm like, isn't this like such an oxymoron? You know, you have living, life, will, vitality, all of that, and then you have sacrifice, the yielding of oneself, the giving up of oneself, representing even death. God has a lot of <laughs> oxymorons, it seems like, through, through his word. And um, one more I'll share before we pray. It's from Matthew 5:48, which says, Be perfect, even as God is perfect. How can we, you know, we're the distance between heaven and heaven and hell. We are. Be perfect. It's such an impossible, seemingly request that God has asked of us. And um, we're going to talk about that. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this afternoon and the time that we can have together. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would be here. Father, that you would give me the words to say and um, that you would speak to our hearts, each of our hearts. Father, speak to my heart. Thank you. In your precious name, amen. So before I talk about the prayer of surrender, um, I wanted to talk just a little bit about this impossibility um, that seems like it's before us in, in the Christian life. It's kind of like um, we're in a boat and we've been commanded to walk on water. And the thing is, is, is we can't walk on water, right? And there's two different ways that the Christian world um, relates to this scenario. The first way um, says, come on, we can do it, we can do it, try harder. If you're not walking on water yet, it's because you haven't tried hard enough. We need to do more. And that's the legalism works aspect of walking on water, right? But we can't do it. So then the other aspect of Christianity comes around and they say, it's okay, you don't have to walk on water. Jesus did that for you. 
You just stay in the boat. Think about it. Isn't that what we're told? It's okay. I'm a mess, but God loves messes. He accepts you the way you are. Yeah. Let's look at Ephesians 5, 8. I'm going to go through several verses here very briefly. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For ye were sometimes darkness. You couldn't walk on water. But now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And then 1 John 2, 6 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Christ walked on water. Does that mean we're supposed to walk on water too? Just questions to think about. We know it's impossible in our own strength, right? So we have the legalist work side and then we have the grace side. But then the truth, the true grace resulting in our um, in good works says surrender your life to Christ and allow him to walk on water through you. He can and will do he can and will do the impossible through a life completely surrendered to him. He can and will do the impossible. Christ has said, without me ye can do nothing. The resolutions that you make in your own finite strength will only be as ropes of sand. But if you pray in sincerity, surrendering yourself, soul, body, and spirit unto God, you put on the whole armor of God. You know the battle we're talking about in Ephesians 6? It says, put on the whole armor of God. And we talk about these characteristics. Okay, we need to do this and we need to do that and, you know, breastplate, shield, all those different things. But here it's saying, pray in sincerity, surrendering yourself, soul, body, and spirit unto God. By this you are putting on the whole armor of God and open the soul to the righteousness of Christ and this alone. Christ's imputed righteousness makes you able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's from the youth instructor. February 8, 1894. So we, we understand the difference between justification and sanctification. Justification was, is Christ imputed righteousness? And it's what he did at the cross for us. It's finished outside of us. But then sanctification is the ongoing process. But this is where I think many in the Christian life are confused. And I have to say, I was confused about this for a long time myself because I thought sanctification is my part of the deal, right? This is what I do to prepare for heaven, to get a fitness for heaven, you know, like going to the gym and working out. This is my weightlifting as I'm preparing for heaven. But what I didn't really realize is even the sanctifi sanctification process cannot be done in our own strength. It's Christ. It's Christ all the way. He justifies us and he sanctifies us. Um, I gave you a handout called The True Force of the Will, and I'm just going to read a little quote for that. Um, like I said, I really struggled uh, with this for years, and my mom gave me this quote, and this has just made such a difference in my life. Pure religion has to do with the will. The will is the governing power in the nature of man, bringing all other faculties under its sway. 
The will is not the taste or the inclination, but it is the deciding power which works in the children of men unto obedience to God or unto disobedience. You desire to make your life such as will fit you for heaven at last. Isn't that our desire? Yes. You are often discouraged at finding yourself weak in moral power, in slavery, in slavery to doubt, and controlled by the habits and customs of your old life of sin. Your promises are like ropes of sand. Skipping down. But you need not despair. It is for you to yield up your will to the will of Jesus Christ, and as you do this, God will immediately take possession and work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. And you can read on. I actually printed that up so that you could have that quote. Like I said, it's just made an incredible difference in my, in my life realizing that. Doesn't mean I don't stumble and fall and make mistakes. I do all the time. But when I do, I realize much more quickly where the problem is. And that is I have gone and I've taken my will back from God. I've said, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it in my strength. I'm going to do it my way. When we realize where the battle lies, what a difference that can, that can take. So this is a really key point. I want you to catch this. As we talk about being a living sacrifice and praying the prayer of surrender, being a living sacrifice means being willing for the Holy Spirit to live through me the life the Savior would live if he was in my place. Being a living sacrifice means being willing for the Holy Spirit to live through me the life the Savior would live if he was in my place. So think about this a second. If someone gets angry at you and your will is submerged in God and Christ's will, are you going to retaliate? Are you going to fight back? No, because your will is in Christ's will. Ultimately, your will is their salvation. Okay, they're angry at you. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe you didn't. But we don't fight back, right? The fact that we're retaliating all the time and up in arms and defending our own flesh just shows that we're not surrendered like we should be. Does that make sense? But if our will is surrendered in Christ, it's going to totally change everything we do. All the things that, that we react in situations. And he gives us strength. Matthew 16, 24. This is another key text here. <clears throat> I can just tell you, but if you, if you can look it up, this is so... Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Deny himself. Die to self. And then um, John 12, 25 says very similar. He says, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Yeah. I was praying the other day, um, this past week actually, about surrender and the prayer of surrender. And it just 
hit me out of the blue, you know. Some things are so basic to our Christianity and yet they don't always sink in and or you get new new aha experiences about it. But anyway, I was praying and it was like it hit me. The reason that we are are so unwilling to surrender in prayer and in our walk with God is because we don't trust God. It's because we don't have faith in his word. We don't have faith in his promises. And um, Dave talked about this last night quite a bit, having faith in the promises and the word of God and the power of God in our lives. Just, just think about that. Our prayer of surrender, God asks us to give all that we are, our heart, our talents, our possessions. There's nothing that we rightfully can claim and hold on to. But yet we're scared if we surrender. What is he going to do? What is he going to do with my heart? What's he going to do with, with my resources? Is he going to ask me to give them all away? You know? Um, what's he going to do with my relationships? Is he going to ask me to stay single forever? You know? That's something that a lot of, of, of us singles struggle with. God, what are you going to do if I really surrender this completely to you? But the thing is, is, is we don't know that he longs to do us good. I love this quote. Um, actually, I forgot to write the reference down, so if you want it, you'll have to ask me afterwards. But it says, faith is trusting God, believing that he loves us and knows best what is for our good. Thus, instead of our own, it leads us to choose his way. In place of our ignorance, it accepts his wisdom. In place of our weakness, his strength. In place of our sinfulness, his righteousness. Our lives, ourselves are already his. Faith acknowledges his ownership and accepts its blessings. How to exercise faith should be made very plain. To every promise of God, there are conditions. If we are willing to do his will, all his strength is ours. Wow. Isn't that an incredible promise? All his strength is ours. Faith is an essential element of prevailing prayer. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. The honor of his throne is staked for the fulfillment of his word. Wow. So does having faith mean we always get what we ask for? Well, if it's for, if it's for salvation or the victory from sin, yes. Always. Always. God will give us the answer and the victory. However, if we're asking just for our own selfish desires or for our own lust, you know, he says according to his will, we have to pray. You know, those of you that have heard my testimony, um, I shared a little while back about the fact that I had prayed eight years for something very important. And God did not answer that prayer the way that I had prayed that he would. And at the time, I was totally devastated. I'm just like, God... I prayed, I trusted, I had faith, but I wasn't praying according to his will. So he didn't answer the way that I had prayed. But if we can trust that according to his will, his way is best, what strength and courage that can give us in our lives. 
In the future life, this is from Ministry of Healing, page 474. In the future life, the mysteries that have annoyed and disappointed us will be made plain. We shall see that our seemingly unanswered prayers and disappointed hopes have been among our greatest blessings. I'm thankful now that God didn't answer that prayer. But it took me several years to be thankful for that. To say, and to be able to say, God, I realize that you had my best good and I can trust you, even if. But we have to come to that point where we can lay all on the altar and we can say, doesn't matter what, I trust you. You know, it's kind of like um, we have a little teaspoon of water and we're selfishly guarding that teaspoon. And God says, surrender this teaspoon. Surrender this that you have. I have so much to give you. But we're afraid that our little teaspoon of water, or blessings, talents, time, whatever it is, dreams, we're afraid that our little teaspoon, if we give it up, there won't be enough in the ocean of his love to, to fill that. But it is. It's comparing a teaspoon with an ocean. And he has so much that he wants to give us. Ephesians 3.20 is one of my favorite verses. It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He is able to do so much beyond what we ask or think. Here's another quote from Steps to Christ. God knows best. The assurance is broad and unlimited, and he is faithful who has promised. However, when we do not receive the very thing we ask for, at the time we ask, we are still to believe that the Lord hears and that he will answer our prayers. We are so erring and short-sighted that we sometimes ask for things that would not be a blessing to us. And our Heavenly Father, in love, answers our prayers by giving us that which will be for our highest good, that which we ourselves would desire if, with vision divinely enlightened, we could see all things as they really are. When our prayers seem not to be answered, we are to cling to the promise, for the time of answering will surely come, and we shall receive the blessing that we need most. But to claim that prayer will always be answered in the very way and for the particular the thing that we desire is presumption. God is too wise to err and too good to withhold any good thing from them that walk uprightly. Do not fear to trust him. Steps to Christ, page 96. Let's look at Galatians 2.20 as I bring this to a close here. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Is this my will and my way that's living? No. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, it's death to our will and life to God's. And he has asked us to be a living sacrifice. We have a choice. You know, with a living sacrifice, the living sacrifice can crawl off the altar. We have a choice to crawl off the altar. And God gives that to us. One more text here, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Think about these verses. If ye then 
be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So the prayer of surrender is what um, we're challenging right now to pray. Can we come to such a point in our life where we can say, be totally neutral in, in all situations that we're relating to, whether it's you know work, career, finances, all these different things that, that we deal with, our dreams, that we can say, God, whatever your will, whichever way you lead, I'm okay because I know that you'll lead in the best way. Yeah. When we have come to that point where we are total, totally neutral in our will over which way it's going to be, we know that we are on the right track of surrender. Um, one of my favorite authors in earlier years was a pastor by the name of David Jeremiah, and he writes a book called Prayer, the Great Adventure. This really had a big impact on me in my teen years. There was something that he said that has really stuck um, with me through my life. It, he said, God is looking for people not just praying for answers, but he's looking for people that he can trust with the answers, whatever those answers may be. Often our plans fail, that God's plans for us may, may succeed. But we know, as we've talked about these verses, his plans are so much greater and beyond and far beyond ours. That's what we want. But we can't, even we can't even pray this prayer of surrender um, in our own strength because we can't do it, you know? We have to pray. Sometimes I've, many times actually, I've been on my knees and I'm like, God, I want to be willing, but I'm not willing. <laughs> Please make me willing to be willing to be made willing. Sometimes, see, I have to add a few more willings in there. But you know what? He will. If you're just willing to say, make me willing to be willing, make me willing to be willing to surrender, he will. He'll do it. But we have to take that first step because he's given us free choice. At this time, um, Caleb's going to pass out the heart challenge on surrender. And um, yeah, they're getting ready to do that right now. And as we go and, and take some more time to pray, this will be our last um, individual time to pray. And then we'll come back and um, Dave will close and we'll have a group prayer together. And this might be a good time if you got your jackets to also re recoup those because I know it's getting chilly. So as we're looking at the heart challenge of surrender, I'm going to go ahead and read through this and then we can go and pray about this. In, uh, in Exodus 23, it says, 20, verse 3, sorry, Exodus 20, verse 3, it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Is it possible that, well, you, have, you may have destroyed many gods in your life, you have forgotten to destroy the most powerful, and that is the God of self. Self cannot destroy self. But if you are willing or even willing to be made willing, like I was just saying, God can tear down this idol for you. Philippians 2.3 says, For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He gives us that will. Ask God to show you your heart and to put away anything that stands in the way of the, his absolute control.
Number two, read Colossians 3. This is just a challenge. Read the whole chapter, Colossians 3, and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you in even deeper ways. Is the priorities of your heart and life truly for the Lord and for the eternal? Are you more concerned with your glory or with his glory? Pray that he will give you a new mind and a new heart, as it speaks of in Ezekiel 36. Number three, Matthew 16, 24 says that we must deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. Are our hands open to the Lord's leading? Can you say, I'm willing, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life? Are you willing to place your life as a living sacrifice upon his altar? Pray that his will would become your will no matter the sacrifice or the cost. Number four, being a living sacrifice literally means being willing for the Holy Spirit to live through me the life the Savior would live if he were in my place. Now you notice I put a little ouch there. And I actually meant to take that out before I gave you the final version. <laughs> But as I was writing this out, and the incredible enormity, uh, enormity, that's not a word, <laughs> the enormous challenge, enormity? Okay. Okay, you understand what I'm trying to say, right? The incredible challenge of this hit home to me. I was like, ouch, this is painful, thinking of what our lives would be if we were really surrendered completely and we were living as if Christ was in us through his Holy Spirit. Ouch, it's gonna hurt. So I didn't mean to leave that in there, but that's good for effect. Are you willing to let go of all claims on your time, talents, education, resources, and life to, spent, to, be, to be spent and be spent for the sake of the cross? This is not an easy request and cannot be made lightly. But if we're willing, he'll cover our will in his and use our life for his glory. And finally, the final challenge. Sing the song softly to yourself. All to Jesus, I surrender. Ask him to really help you mean it in your heart. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you know our heart's cry and our heart's desire is to be surrendered to you and to be prepared for your soon coming, to be taken home forever to be with you. But Father, there's so many things in our hearts and lives that are getting in the way of this complete surrender. And I just pray that you would tear those things from us and that you would help us to be willing, to be made willing, to truly lay all on the altar for you. To pray the prayer of surrender in everything that we do, every decision we make, that nothing would be too small or too big to ask, is this what God wants me to do? Is this what God wants me to do with my time, with my activities, with my plans? Is this your will? Father, our life has to be not just adjusted around Christianity and the walk that you would have us to live, but Father, our life has to be your life. Please take our hearts and help us to be able to surrender. In your precious name, amen.